Good evening. We're in the middle of discussing the halachas of preparation for preparation for Shabbos, which of course involves making color for Shabbos, and therefore we sidetracked onto the halachas of making color, hilchas color, and hopefully today we should summarize and come to a conclusion with regards to the hilchas color, and then next year we'd like to discuss the halachas of taking trumas and matches, which is uh, a request of. Mrs. Heksha and Blinader will try and go through the halachas of Trumas and Maishas. We'll go through why the halachas of Trumas and Maishas are so little known here in England, why we weren't so, not so worried about it, and what to do, etc., if you do buy Israeli produce. And Metzim will try and do that in, uh, in the coming year. Again, that's relevant to preparing for Shabbos, because like you can't take challah on Shabbos, you can't take Trumas and Maishas on Shabbos too. So and I guess very often, this is a very common shayla, I get very, very regularly. Uh, Shabbos morning, uh, oh dear, I've just realized the potatoes I bought, and I put in my challenge, we're from Tesco, and there's very What do I do? Uh, I had one on Yontas. Somebody called me up just a few minutes for Yontas. She made a whole load of, of uh, food with carrots. Bought them in, in Tesco. And all, all Tesco's carrots are Israeli. You go to Sainsbury's, you're a bit safer, because Sainsbury's are, don't like Israeli produce. They don't buy Israeli produce so much. If you go to Tesco, you're gonna, you are going to be buying quite a, a range of Israeli products. So we will match them in the coming year. We'll try and go through what to do in detail and how to get around the problem, if you can get around the problem. I once had a story that there was a, a few number of years ago, the gentleman came to me shop this morning and said his wife just realized that their challenge was made out of Israeli potatoes, what should they do? So I discussed with him and I said, I think you're allowed to eat your, your challenge, it's fine, you can eat your challenge. We'll discuss the background to why I was made for, uh, perhaps in the next year. So his brother-in-law, who doubles elsewhere, naughty man, and he came knocking on my door and he said, I asked Myra the same question, we bought the same potatoes, and Myra said, no, I'll eat each other. So can I eat by my brother? <laughs> <coughs> so I told him if he becomes a full-time member and he pays the last six months of membership, then I'll let him eat the chunk. <coughs> Let's get back to the more serious subject of challah. We're in the middle of discussing challah. We discussed last year the how to combine different amounts of challah if I have two doughs which are not the right shear, not the right amount, which allows us to take challah, how to put them together and how to be able to create a single shear of dough so I can now take challah. This week we want to discuss the other areas of challah and start by discussing if I have a number of doughs in my house, but each of them do have a shear challah, so if you're a baker or you're just making a lot of many doughs for Sheva Brachas, for, for Simcha, and you have a number of doughs in your house, each one has a shechala. So we're going to talk about you've made a, a dough, many doughs out of 2.2 kilograms of, of flour. So you've got a number of large doughs in the house and you're going to be spending all your day kneading them and you're going to spend your day packing them and you're going to put them in the oven in the house and you're going to freeze them ready for a simple. Now, how many chalas do you need to take? Can you, do you have to take one chala from each or is it sufficient to take one single chala from one which will work for all the different doughs? Now here the halakha tells us that you don't need to take one color, a separate color from each dough. You can take one separation, you can separate one color from one of the doughs, and that will be sufficient for all those doughs. However, and you say, I'm taking this color on behalf of all the doughs. You can take one dough, one color from one dough on behalf of all the other doughs. However, it's not so straightforward. Here, the only time we allow you to take one color from one dough for other doughs on, as part of other doughs, is only in certain circumstances. Meaning, even though we allow quite a number of those to join together to create a shear, when it comes to taking from one dough to another, there's even more restrictions in place. 
So here the Shulchan Aruch tells us that if you take a dough of wheat, if you have a dough of wheat, and you have a dough of any of the other five grains, any of the other four grains, so you have, say you've got two, two doughs in your house, one of wheat, one of barley, one of spelt, and one of rye, and one of oats. You've got all five. Can I take just one from the oats, from the wheat, onto all the others? Or one from the others onto the wheat? And the answer is no. Wheat has to be taken on its own. If I have five doughs made out of wheat flour, I can take one challah, and that will absolve me of taking any other challahs from all the other doughs. But if I have one dough of wheat and a dough of spelt, etc., or any of the other grains, I can't take from the wheat onto the other grains, or any of the other grains onto wheat. That's the first one. If I have a dough of spelt, spelt and rye, you can take from one, one from the other. So if I have two doughs, one of spelt and one of rye, I can take from the spelt and absolve my obligation on the rye, or the other way around. But from any of the others, on the spelt and the rye, I can't. If I have a dough made out of oats, then I can take onto a dough which is made out of barley, and vice versa too, but not from any of the other grains. So wheat has to be taken on its own, spelt and rye go together, and oats and barley go together too. But otherwise, you may not take from one grain onto the other grain. Even though they will combine together to, to sometimes to be considered a single dough, which allows me to have a, a shechala, but that's when they become a single go- dough. But as separate doughs, I can't take one and absorb the other unless it's wheat onto wheat, spelt onto rye, or barley onto oats. Right, let's move on to, that's not such irrelevant, because most of us don't actually bake oats and spelt, and you know, spelt is becoming its vogue now, and many people do make spelt colors. It's definitely unfashionable to have spelt, uh, spelt uh, flour. All the doughs will be made, and you've got them separate, and each one's a massive, a massive dough, 2.2 kilo, and you want to take color, and do you take one color or five colors? And the answer is it depends. If it's all wheat, one color is sufficient. If it's different grains, then most of those won't, won't, com- won't, won't No, no, it's not made yet. No, no, it's got to be made already. It's got to be made already. It's got to be the chiv is ready there. The obligation to take challah has to be has to be in place. Right, mitzvah aprosos challah. The mitzvah aprosos challah. This is an interesting halacha. It's really a responsibility of the owner who owns the dough. Balabais owns the dough. It's his responsibility to take challah. Anybody else has no right to take challah from that dough. So if I make a dough in my house, no one has a right to come into my house. A visitor walks in my house and says, "Oh, I'm going to do him a favor. I'll just take the challah for him." Doesn't work. You cannot take color on somebody else's dough. It has to be your dough. It has to be your dough. So the balabais is responsible to take color. However, if the balabais appoints a shriya, he appoints somebody in his place, he asks, so-so, do you mind taking color for me? Can you take my color for me? He's allowed to make a shriya. In the same way as the shriya can take the, the type of truma or maisa in behalf of the balabais, but without permission he can't, with permission, with an appointment of him being my, um, what's the word in English, my... No, it's not. It's a, it's a, no, agent is not a bad word. Given power of attorney. That's what I'm looking for. There we are. You see? If you give somebody else the power of attorney, you give him the ability to, to become an extension of your hand, then he can take challah for you. He can take challah for you. A wife doesn't need the husband's permission. A wife automatically is uh, within the framework of, of having permission from the husband and does not need to ask permission. Can you imagine, if every Friday you have to pick out a phone and ask your husband, can I please, so did he get through to him within 30 hours? And then, can you ask permission? You'll start making the sugar. Mm, should I give you permission? Should I not give you permission? I'm not sure if I want to give you permission. You know, you know what men are like. 
you don't need to have permission. In fact, Chazal actually says that the mitzvah is more obligatory on the wife than it is on the husband. There's a, a greater Indian for the wife to take challah than the husband. And we mentioned this right at the beginning when we started to hit the challah. And I'll read you out the words of the Rishalmi. The Rishalmi says, Adam Arishim challah ta'ir la'ilam. Adam Arishim was a pure challah which came to the world. The Garma le Chava Misa. Chava was the cause for the destruction for the death of Adam Arishim. The Fichach Masru Chachamim Mitzvah Chalal le Isha. Therefore, Chazal handed over the Mitzvah of Chalal to the woman. Le Sakin Achet Shemnasa Be'ev Shabbos Arishim. To rectify that Achet, which was done on Erev Shabbos. The Chet of Chava will happen on the first Friday of the creation of the world. Therefore, every Friday, one of the Inyamim of making Chalal on Friday is to be able to try in some small measure to rectify that by separating Chalal in its appropriate manner. So therefore, clearly in Yerushalmi we see that there is a, a greater level of obligation on the woman than the man. Therefore the woman does not need to ask for shush. She can take color and should take color. The main reason why we prepare Abdel on Friday again, let's get this straight, is to prepare for Shabbos. It's not about hocus pocus and trying to rectify the chet of other religion. The main reason is to prepare for Shabbos. There's an additional reason why it's become a, 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 a mitzvah which women have accepted the Abba. The additional reason is to be able to rectify the chet of, of Chaba, and that's we take it on a Friday. But the primary reason is preparing for shops. Here's an interesting halakha. What would happen if a, 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 a gentleman made a dough, family, a wife made a dough, and they suddenly got rushed, they had to rush out somewhere. Something, something good came up and they had to rush out. They won the pools and they had to rush out and get it. So that they're not gone now, they would have lost a million pounds. So off they went, and they, but the dough's lying there, and there's a visitor in the house, and she, they see the dough lying, and if you leave the dough lying, without taking color, it's going to... You know what happens to the dough when, when you leave it for too long. So he wants to take color and sort it out. Is he allowed to take color in order to save the family's dough? To save the balabais' dough, or do we not allow to take color to save the balabais' dough? Now here we have a very interesting rule in Chazal. The rule is zochin the adam shelo b'chomah. You're allowed to acquire something for someone without his permission. So you win the pools, you can go and you can actually take those pools and say, "I am acquiring these pools for Rabbi Greenberg," and let him become the millionaire. You can do that with pleasure. I don't need to know about it. You don't have to tell me about it. I don't have to, you don't have to ask for permission. You can. Acquire something for someone else if it's American, if it's a Swiss if it's American. Here, here so that this scenario creates a, a very strange question. Is it a merit for him to have his dough saved? But the only way you can actually save his dough is by taking something away from him, which is the color. It's not yours, it's his color. And you're taking more than the missing, you're taking the dough away. So you're taking the actual dough away. So I'm, I'm giving him a, a, a merit of having his dough becoming edible and saving it from, from being from, from going rancid or whatever you call it and, and, and not become and, and going bad but at the same time I'm only doing that by is that good enough to say Zachim the other shall upon him or not and Hidra Moshe says yes if you're in a situation where the dough is about to go bad and you can see it's going to become ruined take the challah for him you're allowed to Zachim the other shall upon him we have a very similar halakha in Erechisa if you have a Jew's comet in your house Somebody left the bottle. I, get, I do get these shiny. I get a call from, from a family that this bocha left a bottle of whiskey in my house. And I don't know where he is. He's gone home for Yomtev and I can't get hold of him. What do I do? I don't know if he sold the comments. He doesn't have to sell the comments. Here again, we have the same question. Are we allowed to sell the comments on his behalf so that he should be saved from the transgression of having comments of the paper? Which is a schuss for him. It's, merit. it's a merit for him not to be over, not to transgress the love of Bali Rabbi Motsa. But how do I do that? I can only do that by actually 
that is something to him. And not only that, I'm saving the actual chomets as well, because if he goes and buys the chomets back after Yom Tov, he'll have his chomets. Now, if I leave it over Yom Tov, the chomets will become Asa Bahana. He's not allowed to benefit from chomets which passes through faith up without being sold. So I am saving him, but I can only save him by doing an action of taking something away. Exactly the same child I know again we say, in a situation where there is no knowledge or no Jew around, the owner is not around to actually sell the chomets, you should sell it for him. You should sell it for him. A, a household help is only allowed to take chalet if the owner has given them permission that they can take chalet. So if the owner gives them permission, says yes, you can take chalet. Then once they uh, give them permission, once they don't have to take permission, they have to ask permission again. They're there in the house all the time. It means that the husband is quite happy for her to take the chalet on his behalf, and therefore the household help can take chalet without asking permission. Two partners in a bakery. You have two partners in a bakery. Do they each need to keep asking the other, can I take color, can I take color, can I take color? And the answer is no. If you have two partners in the bakery, it's understood that you're allowing each other to take color, and each one can take color without permission. Now, the next difficult question, and there's going to be many people jumping up and down here. How do you take a brocha? How do you actually do the hafrasha? And when do you make the brocha? When do you make the brocha on hafrasha's color? When do you actually make the brocha? The wording of the shulchan aruch is, yafrish. At the time when you separate things, you make a brocha. What does it mean at the time? What do you mean when you say at the time? You're holding on to it. As long as you haven't taken it, you're not taking it. Once you're taking it, it's too late, you're taking it. So when do you actually make a brocha on, on, on the Haprosha's chala? And we normally have a rule that brochas have to be done over last yasson. Brochas have to be done prior to the actual action of, so before we eat in the sofa, we make a brocha, before we shake the little method, we turn it upside down and we make a whole load of, of, of scenarios, changes in, in the norm so that we should be able to make a bracha or even asiyasun. Before we light Shabbat candles, we make a bracha. Before we light Hanukkah candles, we make a bracha. We always make a bracha before. And if that's the case, you should make a bracha here before you take it. Don't get nervous, don't get nervous, don't get nervous. Therefore, it should be that you should take the bracha before you take your you should be standing there with this dough, you should say, put your gavel in Bekashon, and you should say, Baruch Atah Hashem Melekein Melechayim, and the bracha, and then take the dough. That's how it should be. But the Mechaba's word is Lahafrish, the Shashimatrish. It doesn't sound right. What does the Shashimatrish mean? If you look in Hilkos Trumma, in Hilkos Trumma, before you take, we'll start Hilkos Trumma a little bit, before you take Trumma Samashis, and in Hilkos you make a bracha in Trumma Samashis, when you take Trumma Samashis properly, you make the bracha of Baruch Atah Hashem Lahafrish Trumma. The Hafish Meister, you're making a bracha of separating from There, the Mechabah tells us very clearly that what you do is you separate, you, you make a bracha and then you separate because you have to be over the Asiyasun. If that's the case, you should be making a bracha here before you actually separate the dough. I bet you most of you don't do that. Right. I told you. The, but the problem is that the Mechabah doesn't quite say that. He says, Bishar Shemafrishin Mabachim. So what do we actually do? So there, is, there are other Rishonim, and this seems to be the minig of most people, what they do is they take challah, they separate the challah, they make a bracha, and then they say harish the challah. This way, you've made everybody happy. You've separated it first, but you haven't quite said it's challah yet. So, your intention is only to call it challah when you finish your bracha. So since your intention is only to call it challah when you finish your bracha, you, you, you are making a bracha prior to what we can, in inverted commas, call the haprasha the separation. You've done a bit of the separation, but yet you made the bracha before you've completed the separation. Very similar to what we do when we wash our hands. 
When did you make a of electricity <coughs> After you asked, but before, why did you before we dry? So the apostles said, go on and others, that the drying is part of the mixture of the Philistine. You can't eat with wet hands, you're not allowed to. Morris says terrible things about people who eat with wet hands. So the drying is very much a part of the washing. So I wash, I make a brocha, and then I dry. That way I've fulfilled both obligations. Why don't I make a brocha before I wash? Because sometimes your hands are coming, not, but there are times when you have to wash your hands, when your hands are coming, you can't make a brocha. So therefore you have to wash before you make a brocha. So we want to wash, so therefore Chazal said, always wash before you make a brocha. But how then do we fulfill the halacha of Ovelasiyosim? So what we do is make a brocha before we dry. So here's what. I'm separated, I'm going to make my brocha, and then I say, how is it that's the simplest and the best way to take color. That's accepted across the board. That's what we do. How many people don't do that? Oh, you should. Oh, you should. You should. Kivayegi says you should. You should. So from now on, we're going to say how is your color. Okay. So what we do is you you you've got your notices how is your color. Okay. I taught you something. So I'm not in the shulchan aruch. You open up the shulchan aruch. On the page. Printed. You're right, it's not printed in the Shulchan Aruch. It's not printed in the main text of the Mechabah. But the Kivayi says very clearly you should say Aruch Yachabah. So why don't you make it more about that? Because either you say it or you haven't said it. Yeah, you can put your hand on it. <laughs> no, I don't know if that's called the Brocha before the Brocha after. That's called the Brocha before. Well, you have it until it's separated, it's not separated. If you pull it apart and it's still drying, it's not separated. It's going to be completely separated. So, it sounds good, looks good. It's nice and comical, but it doesn't, it doesn't actually solve the problem. So therefore, the minute oil, I mean, either whichever way you do it, if you make a bracha before and then you separate, or if you separate and make a bracha and then you say, how's your chalet? It's all fine. You're absolutely fine. You've done it right. And each person should do it that minute. That's what they should be doing. Some
we will discuss a lot of things again. We discussed it ten years ago. We will go through it all again. We will go through where the source comes from that you should change from Shabbos to Yom and where you should make the bracha before, the bracha after, etc., etc. We will discuss it. <laughs> there's, there's a big discussion in the costume which comes from the mother of the Drusha. She's one of the uh, special ladies in the history of Kaisal. Where she suggested that Yontov, we should make the bracha. Shabbos, you light the candles and then make the bracha. Because if you make the bracha to the Shabbos, but Yontov, because the rule is you should make the bracha over the Nasiyasan, you should make the bracha before you light it. Not during, but as you, you're holding the candle, the candle is making the Not everybody follows that view. Many people say not to mix up between Shabbos and Yomtev, you just always, you've ruined the whole shit of mine now. We hear it. Okay. Go on, you want to ask something? Fine, no problem. Okay. So we make the bracha. And we're going to be mafresh, and we're going to make the bracha how, however we do it, before or after, and we're going to make the bracha, we're going to say harizu chala. What bracha do we make? Yeah. Ah, here we go. You see? What bracha do you make? Yeah. Everybody agrees with that? Yeah. What do you make, Mr. Lewinsky? So if you look at Shulchan Aruch, says the bracha is a choice of two. Either Lahafish Truma, Lahafish Truma, I bet you never heard that. Lahafish Truma, or Lahafish Chala. Doesn't say anywhere in Isa. I can't help you. Doesn't say Shukhanok in Isa. Some people have the meaning to say Lahafish Chala in Isa. Some people say just Lahafish Chala. And the Shukhanok is going to change from Lahafish Truma and Lahafish Chala. Actually, the Rabbis say you should say Lahafish Truma. He doesn't say Lahafish Chala at all. The Ramah says you can also say Lahafish Chala if you like. Which is very strange because I don't think there's any woman in the world that I know of, and maybe there's Swadim, but I don't even think they do, who say Lahafish Truma. So why on earth do we change if the mitzvah is. And the reason why the Brock is Lahafish Truma is because the player calls the Rashis Arisasetan Truma. The Potter calls it a Truma. So we say Lahafish Truma. All the halachas of Truma apply to Khala because it's called Truma. So why don't we make the Brock Lahafish Truma? So the Achrainians say something very sweet. They say, what does the word Truma mean? When a person is married, the word truma usually refers to something that you're separating in order to give to someone else. So you take truma, you separate it to give to the coin. Chala is also called the truma because you're separating it to give to the coin. But nowadays, when we separate it and we don't give it to the coin because of chala coming and the coin coming, and as the coin has nothing the coin can do with it, so we separate it without giving it to the coin. So we change the bracha. We don't say lahafish truma, which would imply that it's something I'm going to give to the coin. And we use the second bracha, which the Ramah mentioned, lahafish chala. Some people say lahafish chala minisa. Some people say you shouldn't even say minisa because what's minisa going to do with lahafish chala? Every chala is coming from a dough. So why bother saying where it comes from? You don't say lahadig neish shulchanikah shel shemen. You know? What? How do you know? There's many things which are printed which shouldn't be printed. He's leather bound. It doesn't really make a sense, really. If the broker's not just shallow, you said the broker. You go and add on minutes. If you add on minutes, it's not going to be right. So you make the broker, Baruch Atah Hashem, and the Kainu Melech, and the Mashek, and the Shalom, and the Mitzvah, and the Lahafish Chala, 
If you want to add min isa min isa, you separate the chalav. All the chalav is already separated, and then you say harizu chalav. Then you say harizu chalav. Don't forget, you can only make a bracha if you've got the right amount. You can't make a bracha if you haven't got the right amount. Or if there's any doubt about it, you can't make a bracha. You can only make a bracha on something which you're sure needs to have a bracha. You make the bracha, and then you pronounce harizu chalav. And then if you haven't said harizu chalav till now, it's worth starting to say harizu chalav from now. On. We don't take trumah today. We don't take make a When's the last time you made a bracha on trumah? They don't make a bracha on trumah. I only want to give it a crime. If you can't get to take that already based on the then you can take. You're still doing the same thing. You're still, you're still, yeah, you're still saying, you're still being matrish chala. You're taking a roll or part of, 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 a, of a loaf and you're going to separate the chala. It's fine. Nothing. Just say Harizu Chalaf. Why not? Only up chance it is. That's why you're taking it. You say Harizu Chalaf. The amount you take, we discussed, the amount you take is a sheer kizais. Even though m- m- the, r- the true amount doesn't have, there is no fixed amount for Chalaf today, since we don't give it to the client, there's no amount of 124, so therefore you, you can really take any small amount, but the menu is to take it to size. Now here comes an interesting question. What would happen if you went into a bakery, right? You went to the Esau, you went into a bakery, and you bought one lachmania, you bought one little finger roll, I don't know what you call them, one little long roll, I don't know, each shop you go to calls them something else. But one little, you know, look at it, a roll, a little roll. And it's a, sh- a shop that... Let's say you, you're worried that they haven't taken trumas and maestros, or they say to you they haven't taken challah. Anything that you buy in the shop, you have to take challah yourself. It comes from a big dough. It comes from a big dough. But all you're eating is one roll. And you have to take challah from it. If you go and start taking it, it's his eyes. not going to be eat. So, here, the past can tell us that the sheikh is eyes is only, of course, if you're taking a... from a, a, from a full sheikh challah. But when you're taking... Chala from a part of the dough which was a mechuyah chala, which had an obligation to have chala taken from it, and it hadn't, and it became bacon. You're only eating a small amount of that, and just take a small amount. Small amount. Sorry? You say how is the chala? The same thing. You're you're taking chala. Exactly the same thing. I don't read the paper. But we won't talk about that on I'm pretty sure you are here, right? No, I beat it, You don't take you don't take colour on it. No, I beat it. Pasakum, isn't it? But you know Jacob Tucker is also Pasakum. Sure. But you don't take colour from it, do you? Same as you think? Uh, I hope, no, I hope this guy probably has oil in it that you shouldn't be eating. Uh, Jacob's practice has a tail disease. So I don't know if it's past, is it pasakum? No, are you sure care with your side of And is it pasakum? So that's the same thing. But there's a big difference. Pasakum is only permitted if you can't get the equivalent in, in, in the Jewish. Now Jacob's practice is an awesome practice. I don't know, I've never eaten Jacob's practice in my life. But they say they taste different. 
<laughs> so that's the case in this one. You can't get a Rajita. You can now buy. They're trying to make the Americans are trying to make something, but if it's not the same, it's not the same. So then you're allowed to eat Pasakan. Hoda's bread, I don't believe, tastes much different than Kuczynski's bread, Karmeli's bread. So then, then you should be avoiding it. Okay, we're, we're, we're really moving off, off track here. So what do I do with my challah? I've taken challah, I've worked it out, I've fumbled over the bracha, and I took, what I did was I took some off, I made a bracha, put some back, and I made a bracha, I, I made myself busy, and I made my bracha, I said Harizu challah, and it's sitting there, and I'm like, what do I do with my challah? Now the shulchan tells us that what you have to do with challah is burn it. Burn it. You take your challah and burn it. However, if you don't take your challah and put it back in the oven to burn, you, you are going to cause yourself enormous amounts of trouble. This challah is forbidden to be eaten. You're going to put something that's forbidden to be eaten back into your oven. You're going to contaminate your own oven. Therefore, you may not do that. What, what Chazal mean when they say burn it? They mean burn it. Put it into a fire. Nowadays, there are many people who are much to burn. Here in Kuslaris, where the whole family is only Jeroboam, it's not even a Jeroboam, it's a Jeroboam only because of a Zeta. The Chaznish already advised, even in Esther he says, nowadays, if we tell you, advise you to burn it, there's going to cause us trouble. You're going to make mistakes and you're going to end up contaminating your oven and your stove and who knows what else. And therefore he advised us that we do the second best option which is Kavur is to bury it. Now you don't, you don't need to go and get a spade and start digging up your garden. There's no, no need to do that. What you need to do is go to your market and wrap it in a double layer of paper and put it in the bin because the bin is going to be buried as well. Many can say that nowadays where we have plastic bags you don't need to do a double layer. Double layer is only there as a protection to make sure that the challah is treated with respect. You put challah in the, in the bin together with all the other... Yeah, it's disrespectful for challah, which is challah. So therefore, you double wrap it. But now that we have a nylon bag, many possible the nylon bag is sufficient. You put it in a nylon bag, it stays protected in the nylon bag, it's going to stay in that nylon bag for a long, long, long time. And it's not going to be contaminated. Eventually, it will be contaminated on its own, but it's not going to be mixed up together with any other rubbish that nylon bag is going to protect it you don't need to double to, to double wrap it sorry they have a, a public a public burning sorry you can do that but you know it's going to take you a long time to get it really burnt it's going to be charred you're going to double wrap on the oven you're going to have the oven burning for many many hours uh, 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 last time we gave you, I, I really advise people not to do that because the double wrapping comes off and it undoes and it just causes trouble. Why do we want to cause that? We're going to cause ourselves trouble. It's much simpler to wrap it up and throw it away. If you want to make a little fire in your garden, you can do that. Some people keep the, the, uh, the dough for a while and they burn it with their fish and they burn it with the Hanukkah wick. You know, there's plenty of opportunities when, when we make fires in, in Judaism. A child may not take challah. If a child takes challah, it's not considered challah, and you have to put it back. If a child is 11, a girl of 11, or a boy of 12, now since they're, with, they're what we call a muffler son of age, they are close to becoming adults, close to adulthood, then if we don't allow them to take challah, but if they did, we consider the challah challah. You can't put it back. It's considered the challah, and it works. But ideally, a child under 13, a boy under 13, and a girl under 12, should not be taking challah. From then on, we allow them to take challah, no problem at all. A non-Jew can't take color. Does a child need permission? Yes. Yes. The child doesn't have a, a natural uh, 
but the assumption is that the father will allow the child to, to take challah. That's the assumption. A, a non-Jew can't take challah. If a non-Jew takes challah, it's not considered challah, and you have to retake it again. And that's what we discussed last year. The problem in the, in the bakeries how they take challah when most of the workers are non-Jews. Shulchanach says that's a very interesting halacha. Shulchanach says close to Shabbos. This is a word in the Shulchanach. Here's the Shabbos. Back to here's the Shabbos. Close to Shabbos, the husband should ask the wife in a gentle tone, "Have you?" taken colour. Have you taken colour? <coughs> now, why do you have to wait till Samach Shabbos? Why do you have to wait till just before Shabbos to ask, have you taken colour? Why can't you come home and see the dough on the side and say, have you taken colour? And the answer to that is, says the Mr. Brewer, the time explains, because when there's too much time, then you always push things off. So if I come home and I say to my wife, have you taken colour? You say, yeah, I'm going to do it in a few minutes. I'm going to do it in a few minutes. If I ask just before Shabbos, if I ask just before Shabbos, and she hasn't any more time. So if she hasn't done it yet, she will do it immediately and khala will be taken. But there's a lot for the husband to ask the wife before Shabbos, have you taken khala? And it says very clearly you should ask gently because it comes out of Shabbos, that's when people's uh, nerves are a little bit frayed and the tension in the house is, is quite palpable and it's, uh, you know, it's there. And if you raise your voice, the Chazal tell us, I'll pass this aim you say it with you're not allowed to create any level of fear in them. Because if you do, what will happen? The wife will we discussed already in the previous year if you forgot to take color on Friday. If you forgot to take color on Friday, the moment it comes to be Moshmoshes, as soon as you hit Shishir, too late. You can't take color You've lost, you've lost the opportunity and the chutzpah as we discussed in the previous year that you can eat it and take challah leave over a little bit and take challah at the end of Shabbos and that's it's all we have no choice same applies to Yom Tov if you've got to take challah at Yom Tov you've lost the opportunity if you're baking challah on Yom Tov in case you're really really bored in the Yom Tov morning and you've got your oven on the timer and you've got one of these ovens that you can actually leave on for three days and it works and it doesn't go off automatically and you can put it on the time switch etc etc and it's got Shabbos mode and all that and you fancy having fresh colors on Shabbos you can make colour and take colour on Shabbos as well. If you're making colour on Shabbos, you can take Because I'll tell you, if you're allowing you to, to make colour, and they're not allowing you to take colour too. So therefore, if you're baking colours on Yomtev, you can take colour on Yomtev as well. When we bake matzahs, we have to be very careful. If we're going to take particularly if you're baking on Yomtev, we have a real problem here. We're going to take matzah, bake a, a sheer of dough, we're going to take the colour from the dough, what are you going to do with the colour? It's going to become colourless, you can't bake it. If you leave it for a few seconds, so every, every few minutes you're going to be running out of the column because you never have time to look after your muscles. So here what we do is most bakeries, when they bake muscles, bake slightly less than the sheer color. Or they bake it all and only take color from the matzah after it's been baked. So that way they've got around the problem. We have a few more minutes, I just want to discuss scenario, two, two or three scenarios that might actually arise, and sometimes do arise, but I've had these questions, people knocking my door on a late Friday night, or Yomtev, with these very questions. You took, you have a, a number of doughs in the house, and you've taken colour from one of those doughs, and then for some reason or other you went out, you got distracted, the telephone rang, you didn't use all Friday, and you got distracted, and then the doughs are on the side, and you cannot remember for the life of you which dough you took. It's all mixed up. You have no idea which way you took from. What do you do? What do you do? 
You can't take color for the rubber. You can't take color on sending it out to save your uncle. You can't take color from one of them, because perhaps the one you're taking color from will be the dough and you've already done. And the rule is you can't take color in You can't take color from a dough which is already absolved of its obligation of color to absolve another dough which has not yet had the color removed from it. It doesn't work. So you have two options. You have two options. You can either make another dough, in case you're really bored, make another dough which is definitely McClure's color, and that one you know, and you can take color from that onto all the other doughs, because we explained to you before in the beginning of the shear, that you're allowed to take from one dough onto the other doughs, but then you have to make a shear color which is definitely McClure's. You have to take a shear 2.2, take the color, and absorb all the other doughs with this color, and that's fine. Or, you can take dough, color, from the majority. It means like this. Say you have five doughs, which you have color taken from, and five which you, you didn't have color taken from, and they all got mixed up. And if you take six colors from six of those doughs, you're okay. Because that way, you've definitely got one dough, one color, which is coming from a dough which hasn't had color taken from it. So if you have one dough mixed with three doughs, you have to take two. One is not sufficient because maybe that's the one that you'd already taken color from, but the second one is definitely going to be from a one of the two is definitely going to be from a dough which does not have color taken from it. So you always take the amount of doughs that have color taken from, which have now fallen in the mix them with the other doughs, add an extra one, take all those amounts of doughs from those separate colors, and that way you resolve your obligation for color. Okay, now this is a scenario that's not so common. What's much more common is what you do, you took your color, you separate your color, you went out, and your little daughter came along, and she started to braid all those, all those she saw little bows on the side, she saw another one that was a bit further back, it was a bit bigger than the other one, and it wasn't so, it wasn't the exact way, but she didn't realize, and she went and braided the challah, and you didn't realize what went on, you were busy on the telephone speaking to everybody and anybody, so what do you do, you went and baked them all, and you know that all those challahs baked, and you've got an inkling of an idea, which one is the challah, which one is what do you do? It might, so you've got to catch your oven, but that's not my problem, it's Friday night now, and I, my husband's just come home, he's about to make challah, and then suddenly it dawns on you, and you say, one second, there's challah mixed in here. What on earth do I do? So, this is where the question starts. Normally, we, t- we say that separating dough, separating challah, separating truma, all these are considered a nether. They're considered like a nether. Becoming a nozzle is considered like a nether, and a nether you can absorb. If you go to a Chacham, or if you have three people, they can absolve a nether. But to absolve a nether, you need to have regret. Okay? So, for instance, if I make a nether, and I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to drink wine every Wednesday. And then, a new scenario turns out, and I'm making a brisk on Wednesday. But I never thought about that scenario when I made my nether. Then I can turn around and say, I regret it, because had I thought that this scenario would actually evolve, I would never have made a nether in the first place, and I can remove the nether, I can absolve myself with what we call hatara, I can absolve myself with the nether. But I have no regrets here for taking the challah. You know what my regret is? I've transgressed the challah. I, I, I don't have a regret for taking challah, per se. The regret is I just can't eat my challah now because I don't know which challah is which. That's not... I don't regret the actually taking challah. It's not like I make this promise I'm not going to drink wine and now the situation has changed and I really want to drink wine because my situation has changed. That's harafa. I don't really have harafa here. So there's a huge machlokes in the possible. Can I absolve my color? Can I retract the color by being made and by going to a chacham and having three people saying mutalach, mutalach, mutalach? Or can I not? The, the Ramah says you can. The Shach says you can. 
Tav says you can't, and we pass in our love that if it's relevant for Shabbos, you need it for Suda Shabbos, you can. So I've had this couple knocking on my door. The, I think the wife went into labor in the middle of making colors. So the daughter very kindly finished off the colors. When they came Friday night, the father said to the daughter, Did you take color? She said, No, mommy took it beforehand. So she said, Well, where is it? She said, I, I don't know, I probably baked it. So they were, it was Friday night, and they were sitting around the table, and they were just about to make a mate, and they realized they have a problem. So they came around to me late Friday night. Baruch I had my parents there, so we had a, a number of adults. We could be matinated, we were allowed them to eat. But once you do matinated, I forget, you can only work in Fusloss. Because now I have color, I have a halus without challah taken from me. So the only games I've seen in Chuzkaris where I can eat my challah even though I have no challah, and I can take challah after Shabbos. I have to remember to leave a bit, then I can take challah at the end. Here's another way around. It's not going to help us so much on, in, in this type of scenario. We are very careful that if challah falls into dough, we don't allow it to become dissolved. We don't allow it to become nullified unless it falls into more than 101 times. So if you have 101 times the small amount of challah, that falls in, it becomes bottle. Normally things are bottle effort position 60 or sometimes we're right. But 101 is how we pass them. There are other views who hold that as long as you have a majority, or some even say equal amount, it's already bottled. But we, Ashkenaz, Ramos says it's got to be 101. So if your dough, your colour fell into your dough, you took colour, it fell back into your dough, and you don't remember which one it was, you have another option. If it's a Friday afternoon, what you can do is make another batch of colours, till you have 101 times, and add it to that mixture, and then you're allowed to add, even though normally you don't allow yourself, we don't allow to add something to make it bottle. Normally we do, you're not allowed to add an, an extra amount of something to make something also bottle. But here, since many of you hold that once it's fallen in already, it's permitted, but we'll magnet, we allow you to add more dough to it to make it bottle. So if you really, really have nothing to do on a Friday and it does happen, then you can, you don't want to throw away a dough, it's, it's a shame to waste a dough. Make some more dough. Altogether, you'll have 101 times the amount of. You need them and you make all those challahs, you have enough challahs for the next six months and that way you've absolved, you've nullified that challah and you don't have to take challah again from that, that, from, that, uh, from that original. You have to take challah from the new one, you don't have to take challah from those. From the original challah is ready to be taken. It's now being nullified inside. You can eat it, your heart, life, and you don't have to worry about it. That brings us to the end of Hilfus Challah. I hope it's clear. I hope we, we haven't nothing to do up at all. We know now what to do, how to make challah, what to do when you make challah, how to make the bracha, etc., etc., how to combine different types of challah, how to make a bach mitzvah part of the last week. We went to all the different areas of Hashem's challah. Metzah next week, we'll talk about the halakha of Tumzamashis. Can I just say one short, small about there, and then I'll go on. Um, We discussed that length in the previous year. Yes, you have a serious problem. We discussed it in the first year that we gave. If the amount is... Then if, you, if you're definitely going to reach more than 2.25 at some point, then don't take color the first time. But make sure you have a big red sign around your back saying, do not eat, no color being taken. When you make the next batch and you now have 2.25, put them all together and take color the book. A free, it does a free to combine batches, it's not possible at all. It's not possible. Take it out of it and in a big pack together. Take it all out. Again, if you've taken color 1.25, yeah. keep it separate. If you haven't, and you want to make a broker, put them all together in the bag, make a broker, and then you can separate them. Put them
Okay, I hope we've come to the end of Hilchus Chala. I hope it's clear. Uh, I, I didn't think it would take us too short. It's taken us a long time to get to Hilchus Chala. It's amazing how much how lockers are relevant for what you do. You do this every single week, week in, week out, without thinking about it. And really, it's a tremendous, tremendous amount of uh, knowledge you need to understand and to be able to get the halakha of the exactly right. That's a shame we should be able to be mafish halakha perfectly. I just want to say one small thought on this week's sedra. The Pasuk tells us, at the beginning of the sedra, the how Aaron Akron would light the candles. Aaron Akron, the Pasuk says the word bahaloshcha, when you light the candles. Rashi explains the word bahaloshcha two ways. Rashi says bahaloshcha is referring to the, the wicks, the light. Bahaloshcha means when you enable the wicks to light themselves. That's the first Rashi. Second Rashi says Baalei is referring to Aaron HaKoyim. Aaron HaKoyim has an obligation to climb up the three steps before he lights. He's got to raise himself. When you raise yourself. Because the word Baalei means to raise itself. How do you do that? You raise yourself by going up the three steps and then you light the candles. Simply understanding is the two separate shots. But here, in, in, in the two shots of Rashi, there's, there's a lesson here for life. The purpose of each one of us in life is to be able to light the candle, the Neh Hashem Nishma Sodom, the Neshama is the candle of the person. The purpose of our life is to serve our Kedosh Baruch By serving our Kedosh Baruch we are lighting the candle. We want that candle to light and the other Me'elem. We want it to, to go up and, and connect to our Kedosh Baruch But in order for a person to enable his candle to be lighted, to be lit, and to the other Me'elem, to connect to our Kedosh Baruch the first thing he has to do is climb up the three steps himself. He has to be Baalei He has to elevate himself, elevate his physical person, elevate it to, the, to become a spiritual person. The more spiritual you become, then the Neh and the Shom of the person will connect and be Oyle Mele, will connect to and become a, 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 a tremendous spirit, spiritual, spiritual Neshom in, in, in a spiritual rather than a physical person. We should be able to keep the Halachas of Shabbos as we need to, keep the Halachas and become Sevachashvach as we should, and then our Neshomas will become light with the light of the Shvachal, and we'll be zayched to the base I go, and we'll see the true light of the Kodesh Baruch Hu from heavy menu. Amen. Yes. Yes. For your side. Yeah. Before your side. If you have your side and your side, you're talking about. A yeshkalite. Yes. So we will speak about that. It's, it's true because there's no need for that light. Sometimes. We discussed it ten years ago. There's no need for that light. There's no tzorich yomtiv. So when you're lighting that light, you're, doing, you're lighting a light which has no purpose. So I did it like the Yes. So you need a two-day light then. If it, this year would have been three days. This year would have been three days. Yeah, they make them now. Or, or light it and use it. But you don't, you don't want to benefit from it. You don't want the light for the net. You're not using it as a light. Not really. so if you light it and use it and then put it aside, but you don't really want to use an energy. That, that's the problem. We will go through the half again, Mitchum.